uh, I have so many things on my heart. I, uh, I started talking last week about living in truth in the time of great deception. How many know we are living in a strange time? And you could call it a time of deception. I want to go into a little more detail on that, but I want to give you my vantage point or angle as a pastor. How many know I have a responsibility as a pastor to speak the truth? And as a pastor, I put butter on it. I'm supposed to do it with love, right? Everything's better with butter. So anyway, uh, Peter, who was also a pastor, uh, encouraged pastors, or the Bible calls them shepherds, to tenderly care for God's flock and feed them well. And then he said, for you have the responsibility to guide, protect, and oversee. So that's my responsibility as a pastor. And, you know, I don't take that lightly. So uh, Wednesday night we had, you know, kind of a rec- racial reconciliation meeting. We had a two-hour meeting. It was great. Wednesday night, if you weren't here, get the video and you can see it's two hours now. And we just had people talk about their experiences. And how many know we as the church need to set the tone for racial reconciliation in our, in our, in our country? How many hear what I just said? And I'm talking about white, black, white issues here. The whites need to listen to the blacks. Thank you. Who said that? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Because they've been through some things that you haven't. We talked about that um, Wednesday night. Then I went home Wednesday night. And, um, you know, I was just really tired. So I, I slept really hard Wednesday. I woke up Thursday morning, but I had a dream. And all night long I had this dream. And, and, and I want you to let this be the focal point of how I begin here. Um, and I've got, actually, I copy-pasted from my personal journal into my notes. I keep a journal and it's just things the Lord says to me, experiences I have in prayer and such. And uh, so here's my journal. Last night I slept hard. I had a dream I was driving some kind of vehicle that was pulling a long row of carts carrying people. Uh, like uh, what we sat in when looking at Christmas lights in Benson last December. My family, I uh, got two, uh, two of my kids live in Raleigh, two live elsewhere. And uh, we have five grandkids and so we got one, two, three Three grandkids, soon to be four in the, in the area. And so we all went, you know, spouses and all. And we went to Benson to look at the, everybody went to Benson to see the Christmas lights, you know. Well, if you haven't, it's really, I mean, there's tens of thousands of lights and it's on a farm. And so they put you in this tractor pulling the carts and such. And in my dream, I don't know that it was that, but it, that's the best way I can describe it. Dreams are kind of peculiar and funny sometimes. So anyway, and let me just say about dreaming, sometimes your dreams are of the Lord. And, and if they are of the Lord, you won't forget them. I still remember this. I still remember what it looked like. And, and so over a period of time here, more and more, I have dreams, and, and they are significant to me, and they've helped me. Well, this one, so here's the dream, and, and, and so I'm driving the cart, you know. I got the whatever the vehicle is that's carrying, the, pulling the cart. So I'm driving the cart, the, the, the driving vehicle. And then the carts are by, and the carts are filled with y'all. Y'all are in the carts. Now, now, don't be freaked out with what I'm about to say, because I didn't see below the way, below the neck. I saw everybody's everybody's naked. Me, I'm naked. We say naked in South Carolina, naked in the you know you normally, but so I'm like, oh my lord, we don't have stitched clothes on. What's going on here? And I didn't see any. I mean, I just, you know just saw people, but I had an awareness. We don't have any clothes on. What's going on? And and then and then I'm driving the vehicle. Um, I was just aware that we were all undressed. Here's my notes. I was navigating the vehicle around obstacles and traffic. I kept telling everyone, it's going to be okay. End of dream. 
But all night long, that was my dream. I woke up the next morning like, that was really strange. So I've got a little dream book. I really, it's a thick dream book that this lady put together. It's really quite interesting, you know, and, and I've really gotten things from the Lord from that. And here, um, nakedness. I looked up the word nakedness. Open, without guile, innocent, not prepared. It's interesting, right? Others naked. I looked that up. Uncovered, exposed, feeling unprepared or unprotected in certain situations. When I read that, that's it. Not ready. Not ready. And then I looked up the word navigation because I'm moving through, you know, trying to get around all these obstacles on the road. Kind of reminded me when I'm in India, we had a nine-hour trip one time. Our flight, uh, our flight was messed up, and we had to drive nine hours to an airport. And if you drive nine hours in India, it is a huge feat because everything, uh, dogs, cows, sheep, goats, chickens, people, rickshaws, trucks, cars, bicycles, pedestrians, poop, everything's on the road. So nonetheless, I'm navigating. And so here's uh, uh, navigation. I looked up the word navigation. Multifaceted difficulties in life will require close attention to details to unravel. Y'all, we're going into a really unusual and really strange time. Now, I've got a boatload of notes here. We'll see which way I go on this. But I just want to say that uh, I have done quite a bit of praying since we've been locked down and opened back up slowly. And, but I preached every, every week. And um, here's what I know. And in fact, let me just say this. Um, one day this week, I was praying, and I prayed a chair upstairs. And I usually take my iPhone, and I have an app called Google uh, Notes. And, and that I write things in there that I need to remember. I don't keep things in my mind so I can think. And so I keep it right by my chair. And when God speaks to me, I, I, I sit up and I, you know, write it in my Google Notes section. And in my, in my Google Notes section, I was praying. And I was praying for, you know, the th- it's called Google Keep, actually, not Google Notes. And, and so I wrote this down. And here's what I kept feeling. And I kept feeling the Lord would say, my people are not ready for what's coming. So then I kept praying. I prayed for a little over an hour, about an hour and a half. And then the next thing kept coming up. I didn't like what I heard. You can't stop what's coming. Judgment. Is coming. Judgment is not God doing something as much as it is the withdrawing of his protection and presence from a people who refuse to obey him. Did you hear what I just said? We're living on spare change in America. We're living on the prayers of our forefathers and the people who have lived before us who wanted to obey God. And as a culture, we've left God out. 
Israelites uh, in that culture in the Middle East, in Bible times, Old Testament times, there was a god Molech, also the god Baal. Molech was worshipped with uh, by giving uh, children in sacrifice to the god, throwing them into a fire. That's a horrible thing. We worship the god Molech in America, but with abortion. Because we want to have sex when we want to have sex without the benefits of marriage. And then we want to kill the baby that comes as a result of, of two people doing something that they shouldn't do. How many hear me? Is it true or false? And we don't even think about it. Well, people are going to have abortions. Well, you know what? One day, one day, judgment comes. And we're in that day right now. How many hear me? Second thing is we've made money our God. Money's become an idol. Huh? It's just amazing how prosperous America is. Uh, if you look at the GDP compared with other nations, it's off the charts, and it's uncannily weird, really. And I've traveled. If you travel any and go to other nations that aren't as blessed as we are, you know, the poorest people in America are look wealthy in some countries. Did you know that? But we've taken our blessing for granted. We've, we've taken the favor of God for granted. Now, I'm just going to be blunt with this. Can I be blunt? A lot of people think, well, now Donald Trump's going to bail us all out of this, going to bring prosperity back. You cannot bless whom God doesn't bless. How many hear what I just said? And I'm not talking politics here. I'm just saying a lot of people think, well, we can just get this economy going again. We won't be all right. It ain't, it's not going to be all right. It's deeper than money. It's deeper than economics. It's spiritual things. And here's what I know. I've done a little bit of traveling in my life, and I can just say that, you know, when you go to a, a culture where God is not recognized and where the Bible is not preached in a, on wide scale, there is some darkness that you can't imagine. And, you know, then when you go into that culture and you preach truth, demon spirits manifest. And I've had them scream and shriek. You haven't had a lot of that in America because we've had so much Bible, so much truth, so much light, but now it's become a religious light, and we have forgotten the roots of our, of our life in God. How many hear me? And so now, here it is, and I was I prayed up against a wall the other day, several days ago. I said, God, what's going on? And, uh, and I knew I couldn't change what's coming. So my warning to me and all of us, change is coming. Some change that you really, really, really won't like, but it's coming. And... Um, what we do need to be doing is praying. And God's asking us, the church, to stand in the gap and pray for our country and pray for our nation. Now, that sounds all doom and gloom. If you listen to First Service uh, Ministry this, just a little while ago, I tried to compare the darkness to the light that is also coming. At the same time, there's gonna, we just sang songs about the moving of the Holy Spirit, did we not? And I, I don't know, I talk so much, I can't remember where I say what, but I have mentioned this several times, that I always thought that the revival, I, I came to Jesus and said, can I just talk a minute? I got all these notes. I came to Jesus in 1976, and uh, I was 17 and then turned 18 in three weeks. So all that time from 1976 till now, I've been to three Bible schools, Susan and I have moved 12 times. We've been here for, this is my 26th year. And all of that time, everywhere I've been, when I listen to the, 
men of God that have been my mentors and read of men of God in history, here's what I've heard. There's coming before Jesus comes back a tremendous revival of the Spirit, a tremendous moving of the Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth, who died in 1948, who was an English evangelist used to minister healing all over the world, and in some circles he's quite still popular today, uh, he mentioned, he saw the end times and said there's coming a great move of God. Lester Sumrall, who I heard in person many times while Susan and I lived in Tulsa. He died in 1996, age 83. He said there's coming a great move of God before Jesus returns. Kenneth Hagin, I've said in his meetings in Tulsa, and over and over again, he would, he would say there's coming a great move of God just before Jesus comes back. And, you know, as a young man, that would excite me. And so in my mind, I thought the great move of God would be something that was just all flamboyant and wonderful and fun. And then I come to see that... Um, It's going to be like what Charles Dickens wrote in the book, A Tale of Two Cities, where he started the book off saying it was the best of times and worst of times. It's going to be the worst of times physically, naturally, but the best of times spiritually. For you see, the things that are coming on the earth, there's a rising up of the spirit of Antichrist. Again, John said in 1 John 2, it's already in the world. And that was first century. So it's just been gaining ground ever since then. The spirit of Antichrist is generally a spirit of lawlessness. Anything goes. So over the past few decades, we've taken the Ten Commandments off of our monuments. We've taken the things of God away from uh, our public culture in American life. We've taken the Bible and prayer out uh, uh, out of our schools, you see. And we think that's a wonderful thing. No, that brings judgment because the populace has nothing to restrain their, nothing to restrain their behavior. The Ten Commandments were given to, to Moses on top of Mount Sinai, given to the Jewish race, and they blessed the whole world with the Ten Commandments. People fail to realize we're a fallen race. We're sinners in need of a, sa- in need of a Savior. The heart is completely corrupted. And people that think we're going to turn into a wonderful utopian society where everybody's blessed and everybody loves everybody, it just can't happen without somebody intervening called Jesus Christ, who is the way, truth, and life, who, who took our sin and who made a way available for us, for our hearts to be changed and for us to go to heaven when we die. Other than that, we are corrupted. And to think anything else is to be deluded and deceived. But there are people that think that, you know, things are just going to get better and religion makes it awful. Psychology courses uh, teach that religion is a neurosis and that it's something wrong. You've got, you've got a stilted mind. You've got a mind that's been so twisted by, by spiritual things that, that you can't think straight. And that's nothing but, well, the South Carolina term where I was raised is hogwash. I don't know what else to say. But that's the world we're living in today. The spirit of Antichrist is on the rise. The spirit of Antichrist is a, is a lying spirit. Back years ago, I began to pray. I began to pray for all the people in the government of America. And God gave me 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. I just prayed it earlier. Uh, where God said, where Paul said, Judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. And then I pray this next phrase. Uh, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness. 
and make manifest the counsels of the heart. How many know when God makes manifest the counsels of the heart, then all the schemes and all of the lies and all the self-centered things that people do in government and otherwise, it comes to the surface. How many hear me? So things are going to be coming to the surface in lots of ways. And let me just say, the violence on the streets, we've had inequities in our government. In our, so how many hear me? We've had inequities in how we treat each other, in how blacks and whites treat each other, in how tw- whites have treated blacks, and we're not listening. And now we've got, we got, we got decay in our streets. We've got, we've got rioting. The rioting's not right. That's something completely different. It's wrong. It's people coming on the heels of a problem saying, I know what I want to do. I want to bring in Marxism and socialism and communism. And fa- you hear me? And fascism and all the isms. And you don't realize those things brought, bring hell to the earth. Did you hear what I just said? Americans are fairly ignorant about history. Just go read history and you'll find out the history of the human race is a history of war. A history of, of totalitarian regimes, a history of murder, a hi- history of genocide. It's a terrible history. And we're about to repeat that in America today. How many hear what I'm saying? And if those people that are causing anarchy in the streets have their way, you won't be able to walk out your house safely. Now, you think I'm joking. Go visit Chaz. Everybody heard about Chaz? Yeah, segment of Seattle. So why why am I saying all that? The world is changing, y'all. All of this is evidence of the spirit of Antichrist. Now here's what the Bible says. A man called Antichrist, a lawless person. The Bible also calls him a man of sin. He's got several descriptions. And then one time in the Bible, he's called Antichrist. So when I say Antichrist, everybody goes, oh, he's one of those Bible thumpers. Well, you know, the truth is this is going to be a political leader in the Middle East. The Bible sometimes uses hyperbole to describe things. So it says, some places it says he'll rule the whole world. Now that could be hyperbolic thinking. Hyperbole is an intended exaggeration to make a point. Sometimes Jesus spoke in hyperbole. Sometimes the the people in the Bible spoke in hyperbole. Sometimes the the Jewish authors of the Old Testament spoke in hyperbole to to make an example, okay? Uh, To exaggerate, to make a huge point. And what I can't tell with me, I can't tell, I really can't tell if it's hyperbole or truth that the Antichrist is going to rule the whole world. He could, I just know. Real quickly where we are is a person called Antichrist that will be the leader of some nation in the Middle East will make some kind of a treaty with Israel. We don't even know what kind that is. And that could happen at any time. Once that happens, what the Bible Typically, what people term, the Bible doesn't even call it this, people call the tribulation time. Y'all have heard of that? I mentioned it last week. That starts, that begins. What most Christians think is we're not going to be here during that time because we're going to be raptured away. Y'all, if you think that, I think you're wrong. And I'm not going to get into a debate on it, but I've studied this out my entire life and preached that most of my ministry until 10 years ago. We're going to be here. We're going to see the rise of this uh, person. The Bible calls lawless person, a sinful person, antichrist person. Why does it say antichrist? Because he's against Christ. He's against the Bible. He's against the morality of the Bible. He's against He's against the belief systems of the Bible. He's against Christians and he doesn't like Jews. 
So he's going to be an unusual person and that spirit or that attitude that portrays that. The Bible says is already here and it's obvious to me that it's here. Now the typical characteristic of this Antichrist spirit is deception and lying. How many hear me? And we've never had a day in my life that we've had such deception and such lies. Is it true or false? Now, you are a real narrow-minded, innocent-thinking person if you think that everything you read is true. I had a person years ago, I was fairly young, in my 20s, maybe early 30s, that said to me, came up to me after a meeting and said, well, you know, I just thought that everything I read, if it was printed, it was true. I didn't say it, but I thought, what planet did you come from? Some books should never be read. Some podcasts should never be listened to. Some YouTube videos you need to turn off. Some news broadcasts, let me tell you, most news broadcasts, you need to cut off. How many hear me? Most of the things you read on Facebook and social media, you'd be better off not to get your Bible out and read it. How many hear me? Because deception now is everywhere. I've noticed recently, both on YouTube and on Facebook, they censure things that do not agree with their ideological perspectives. Have you noticed that? And they take them off. Those, those are brainwashing techniques, if you're not familiar with it. It's, it's a way of, 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 uh, of presenting a public thought in a way that what is not true seems to be true. It's deception. The Bible calls it lies. No liar can enter into the gates of heaven. How many hear that? Lying is not only a forthright declaration of what is wrong, but lying is also misinformation. What is misinformation? That's when you leave out a portion of a situation to slant it and twist it to make it look like something that it was a never intended to be. I mean, hear me. That happens every day, all day, worldwide. When I was a little boy, I think I mentioned this last week, I don't remember, but when I was a little boy, you know, we had the Cold War in the 60s. I was a single-digit child in the 60s. And I remember learning about Russia. We had nuclear, we had, uh, we had fallout shelters when I was a kid in school. And we would have fallout shelter alarms. They'd send an alarm. And we had, anybody had to do that when you were a kid? Had to go outside. We had to go somewhere. Well, actually, we went, crawled under our desk. Huh? Can't go outside because then you get nuked for sure. And then we had places in the city that has little signs, fallout shelter. Our hospital was a fallout shelter. We had a, two or three in our city. You could see, go by, and our little boy, my eyes get bug-eyed, just like, well, look at that. Fallout shelters. Then we had the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we thought, sure, they're going to lob some nuclear weapons at us. Remember all that? If you're older as I am, you do. Well, you know, I, and, and then I found out about these people, these Russian people. Now, I've been to Russia. There's some sweet people in Russia. It's not the, it's not the Russian people. It's the, it's the people that rule the, that rule the government. How many hear me? 
Well, then I found out they had a campaign of misinformation. They had the state news. And the state news, they had a certain way slant on everything. And USA is the bad guy. The same thing happens in China today. How many hear me? But when I was a kid, it was Russia. We were in cahoots against Russia. Russia was the problem. And uh, there were were lies. And I learned as a little boy. See, they tell people, they're brainwashing their citizenry to think we're bad. And that's what China does today. That's what, how about North Korea, right? Classic example. And Americans are bad people. Well, no, it's a slant. Right? Now that's happening all over the world. It's corrupted most of the public information you get in America. How many hear what I'm saying? And my friends, it's a lie. It's the spirit of Antichrist. And it's here. And it's not going anywhere. Matthew 24, 4, Jesus said, his disciples asked him, what is, what's the world going to be like before I come back? And Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. Matthew 24, 4, New King James Passion Translation. At that time, he said, deception will run rampant. Beware that you are not fooled. And we got a lot of fooled people in America today. Did you hear me? If you don't read other, other, something other than your favorite newspaper, which most all of them are slanted, y'all. I don't care what you read, it's slanted. Then, then you're not going to have truth. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They'll follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Did you hear what it just said? Deceptive spirits. Did you know there are demon spirits that lie? Now, uh, the last day of February 1979, I was 20 years of age. I turned 21 that coming October 1979. I was married to Susan, September of that year. And I was 20 in February. And that I was also in Bible school. And I'm going to make a long story short. I, um, how can I tell this, Lord, and keep it without divulging every? Well, I'm just going to say I sat in front of a person. The last day of February 19th, and I'd never had this experience before. I sat in front of this person who was a person of means, a person who had wielded some authority in his circle, a person well, well respected and looked upon. But I sat in front of this person, and I, prom- I, I it freaked me out. Suddenly, while I was sitting there, my thoughts became completely confused. I came in with something I wanted to say, but I couldn't say it. Now, I'd never had that experience. I hope you never have this experience. But when this person began to speak, they twisted and contorted what was factual into something that was not factual. And it literally twisted me, and I couldn't think straight while I was in that person's presence. Now, I was 20 years old. I left that person's presence weeping. And I thought, God, what just happened? God had called me to ministry. And I was in Bible school, but something happened. I said, God, this, what is this? Why did my thoughts become so confused and I couldn't talk about what I had planned to? Then I talked to a, a friend of mine, and there was a, a very esteemed person that we all knew who came, got to me and said, that's one of the only people that I've ever met that can make black look white and white look black and get you to believe it. Now, my friends, I hope you never have the experience I had. Now, it helped me 
You know what it taught me? Be careful who you talk to and who you listen to. Not everybody's got good motives. Did you hear what I'm saying? The next time I went to see this individual, guess what I had to do? I wrote down everything I was going to say, and I put it in the palm of my hand because I thought this will never happen to me again. And that was, that was when I was 20 years old. That was 41 years ago. Now, that was a spirit. It was a demon spirit talking through that person's mouth. And we're living in an age and a day right now. A lot of the people you hear talking publicly, it ain't the Holy Spirit talking to them. It's the demonic spirit of Antichrist. How I many hear what I just said? I don't want to belabor the point too far, but I do want to get the point across. We are living, my friends, in a very, very dangerous age. And if your moorings are not founded in biblical truth, if you don't know the word well, if you don't read your Bible and not just read it, but act like it's true and live it every day, you're going to be deceived. How many hear me? There are a lot of people that attend church, but they're still deceived because they only attend church to hear a preacher preach, but they don't read and memorize scripture for themselves. When that happened to me when I was 20 years of age, it further cemented in me this deep, deep yearning that I, that I had gotten a couple of years prior to that <coughs> to, um, to get to know the Bible myself so that no one would deceive me. I didn't want to be deceived. And that stood me good all of my life. I found if you get the Word of God in you, I don't care who you're with or who you're around, if something's not right, something inside will scratch you and say, watch that. Watch that person. I don't know how many times in my life I've been around this individual or that individual. And up from inside of me, something said, be careful. It wasn't even words. It was a sense like, don't befriend that person. They've got wrong motives. They have wrong intentions. Uh, before I was married, uh, girls would come up to me and I could hear, don't mess with her. <laughs> I think a lot of people wish they'd heard that, huh? How many hear what I'm saying? You've got the spirit of truth living inside you. We're living in a time of tremendous deception. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, this is in my notes, I'm just kind of summarizing. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the apostle Paul uh, is talking about the Antichrist being revealed, revealing himself. And he said that time will not come in verse 3. Unless the falling away comes first, the Bible reveals there's a falling away from the faith that's coming. And my concern is there are believers that will be listening to falsehood and deception and will be taken unawares when the Antichrist comes. Now, I don't know how much he's going to manifest himself in the United States. It does look like we may at some point go to a digital currency in the world because of the coronavirus and other things that may, that may come on the scene. And the money in your pocket, some of the dirtiest stuff on your person. Huh? And having said all that, the Antichrist will, will also espouse a uh, way of commerce where you have, to, that, uh, you have to have this to be able to buy or sell, to feed your family, pay your mortgage, buy gas in your automobile. That may come here, I hope not, but you know there's a lot of people that are going to be deceived enough to fall for that. How many hear me? My encouragement to you is don't yield to deception now. Live in the truth. Live what you believe. Practice what you believe. 
How many hear me? If you come to church and you're doing things that you know is wrong, if you come to church but to make a sale, you can't tell everything about the contract. You've got to leave the fine print out because if you read the fine print to the customer, they may not buy what you're selling. You are a person involved in deception. Yes or no? If you work for a company that has deceptive practices, you're just as responsible if you know about it, but knew nothing about it, but uh, nothing about it. But I got to feed my family. No, you're responsible too. If you don't go to the, if you don't go to the people running the company and say, this is wrong. And you know, if you do, they're going to say, well, you're dismissed. Yes or no. So what's more important to us, money or truth? What's more important to us? Relationship or truth? Yet we say that, but we could get outside church and we often live a different way. How many hear me? Y'all, it's time. I mean, we got some really serious things coming up. Antichrist will be a deceiver. I woke up one day and I kept, um, this verse kept coming through my through me, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. For this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they will believe a lie. There's a generation of people that because they refuse truth, God will back up and allow the delusionary thinking. That is, they know it's wrong, but they just keep living that way, talking that way, acting that way, accepting that thing. At some point, you've got to stand up in your personal life and say, that ain't coming on me and my kids. How many hear me? It's quietness, Baptist church. I love Baptists too. Don't misunderstand me. How many hear what I'm saying? What's the answer to all of this? Well, let me also mention Daniel 8, 25. Antichrist will be a master of deception, will become arrogant, destroy many without warning. He'll even take the prince of princes to battle. He'll be broken, though not by human power. He'll be a master of deception. And this Second Thessalonians 2, 9, the coming of the lawless one. He's called the lawless one. And it says in verse 10, he comes with all unrighteous deception. 1 John chapter 2, verse 21, it says, uh, I'm writing to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. Anyone who denies the Father and Son is Antichrist. And he talks about the Antichrist. And then 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. And then he mentions that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world and he mentions that spirit of antichrist that's already here so y'all we're living in that time of tremendous deception isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter so i'm just saying we're living in that time and i mentioned this list before we left last week and i'm almost done but this list, this is the spirit, this is what the attitude, I call it spirit, you could call it the attitude of the Antichrist or that which comes from that, from that demonic force, the spirit of Antichrist. Here's what it pushes in the world today. See if you agree, see if you agree or disagree with these or if your lifestyle allows these in you. If they, if it does, then the spirit of Antichrist has grabbed a hold of you. Or if you may have family members that allow this. Listen, abortion. Same-sex marriage. How many know the Bible's, Bible loves every human? How many know God loves every human? And the biblical narrative says that God loves every human regardless of their skin color or what they do or don't do. Yes or no? 
But God absolutely abhors, now this is not popular, homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism. How many hear me? Our, our nation's fallen headlong into that. We're teaching those things to our children now in public schools. Is that right? Then why don't you say something about it at the PTA meeting? Why? Why don't we go to the teacher when homosexuality is in the school book and say, I don't want that talk to my child. If you don't, you've acquiesced to the spirit of Antichrist. How many hear me? Now God loves homosexuals. Maybe you're sitting here or watching me and you have homosexual tendencies. Maybe you're a lesbian. You have lesbian tendencies. See, God loves you. I mean, he really does. But you're not about to go into the gates of heaven with that kind of lifestyle in your life because God is holy. How many hear me? See, that's unpopular today, but it's truth, is it not? Living together without marriage, that's as common, that's as, common as eating lunch. Huh? But it's also sin, and it'll keep you out of heaven if you live that lifestyle. If you've committed that, you know, repent of sin and say, God, forgive me, but stop doing it, right? Relative values, socialism. Relative values are, and this is what you hear today all the time. Well, that's right for you, but that ain't right for me. That's the Antichrist spirit. Have you ever heard that? Have you heard it this week? Probably. Socialism. Socialism, communism. Well, everybody needs to have the same thing. No, well, well, the truth is, you need to work for what you got. How many hear me? The younger people think socialism is everybody gets to dip in the same pot. Everybody has a house. Everybody got money. Everybody got this. Everybody got that. And then half of them don't work. So what does that mean? The people that work hard give all their stuff away to the people that do nothing. And it hinders a culture. And it brings poverty and totalitarianism and rule by force. How many hear me? That's in the world today. Communism, socialism, control, atheism. It all goes together. Lawlessness. See people saying we don't want police. It's the spirit of Antichrist, y'all. Godlessness, amorality. Amorality means anything goes. Any kind of sex goes. Any kind of morals is okay. Lying is okay if you can make a sale. Lying is okay if you get your way. Lying is okay if you win the court battle. No, sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. We blurred the lines. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Inequality, violence, division, racism, worldwide law codes adopted by all nations. See, see what, what they want to do is break all the national barriers down and everybody has a code of conduct for every nation, which includes anything you want to do and basically nothing is wrong or bad. Yeah. Worldwide currency, no borders between nations. Friends, the spirit of Antichrist fosters that. Let me end with this by saying this. Jesus said, what's the antidote for all this? Well, the antidote for all this is, Jesus said, you are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many hear me? Uh, Bible in basic English, verse 32 at John 8. And you will know, have knowledge of what is true and that will make you free. How many know if you keep your nose in this book right here, you're going to be a free person. And when a lie comes, you're going to know it's a lie. 
and when somebody's op- operating in subterfuge, which means they're doing things undercurrent, underneath the surface, where nobody knows, but they're smiling and acting like, you know, Jesus' second, first cousin. No, they're full of the devil, and you'll know it inside. How many hear me? First, I'm almost done for you. Everybody good? First John 2.20, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. That word knows, understand. Discern would be a word you could use. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you discern all things. Then verse 27, 1 John 2. But the anointing which you've received from Him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you'll abide in Him. I have taken those two verses, y'all, as a young man. I would be reading theology books that I had to read to pass a test. And I'd be reading, and while I'm reading something inside me, say, uh-uh, 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 that's not right. I pick a book up from the bookstore. Everybody says, it's wonderful. I thumb through it, I start reading, and I read that, and I get a scratch right here. Something's not right. Put that book back on the shelf. How many hear me? I've been talking to people. Everything they say sounds right. But on the inside of me, there's the scratch. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you discern things. And if you ever needed a discerning heart, you need it today. I told my little girls, don't don't be snuggling up to every little boy that says you're the cutest person on the block. Now I'm going to be blunt. You know what I told my girls? I got three. They're all married now. I said, that, go- that boy has one goal. I don't care if he's a church boy. I don't care if mom and daddy drag him to church every Sunday. He's got one goal, to get in your pants and have sex with you. Their eyes got bigger than saucers. I said, that's right. Daddy will tell you the truth. Don't let some, some little boy sway you into bed with them. If they touch your hand, they're, you're, they're let your leg with their hand slap their jaws and get out the car. How many hear me? If you love somebody, you won't touch them till it's legal. Yes or no? I said, well, pastor, are you sure condemning me? Just repent if you've sinned. How many hear me? You have an anointing from the Holy One. Y'all, I wouldn't trade that. If Bill Gates come up to me and say, I will deposit today in your bank account $100 million. Never open your Bible again. Never pray again. Never go to church again. Never mention God again. $100 million you set for life. You know what I'd say? Keep your trashy money. I would rather be a doorkeeper at the house of my God than to dwell in tents of wickedness. And y'all, in America, we have sold God out. Pastors are afraid to preach truth because they're afraid they can't pay their bills. Did you hear me? And if I say these kind of things and they offend you and you're watching, you don't need to come to our church because I will offend you if you believe if you believe the things that I'm mentioning where God says they're wrong and you say they're right, they're not right. And they'll never be right. I want you to go to heaven one day. A hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter is what you did with Jesus Christ and what you did with truth. A hundred years from now, all of us, it'll be over. We'll be on the other side. Either death or the rapture, right? Where are you going to be? Huh? How are you living? Where are you going to be? You going to be with me? 
I'm planning on going through those pearly, pearly gates. How about you?